everybody. So I don't know if you've noticed this from the show that we make. I'm a lazy person. I'm also uh, a little overworked. But one of the things I ran into was I feel like the notes that we've been giving you, I'm starting to repeat myself. And also we, we ran into some that were, let's say, complex to handle. Yeah. So also completely inaccessible the way that you do that. Yeah. Uh, but but what I'm talking about is like there were a couple of them where I was like running up to them going like, fuck, I honestly like I need to get like guest input. I need to figure out how we're going to do this because it's not like being a DM. Yeah, it's it's a very different feeling like you are the DM. But it's not like you're bringing the whole thing to the table. You're working in conjunction with the guests, sometimes in conjunction with me, too. And the more we hit on sort of like sensitive topics, like we recorded the the Golem episode pretty recently. What were you going to write? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I we're dealing with something that is I know is very, very important to people. But at the end of the day, I'm not Jewish. I don't know. I don't know what's going to touch on things inappropriately i want to be able to talk to our guests so this has been a long preamble to say we're going to try to move into call this sort of dm commentary as opposed to the notes terrible 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 name we're not calling it that <laughs> I, i'm just <laughs> saying as, i'm not saying name it that on the fucking patreon yeah. i'm saying that Agreed. i need something to refer to it as right now to explain what i'm doing sure and i right? need something good yeah. Call it fucking audio DMs notes. I don't give a shit. Even worse. We're just going to move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but with our terribly named audio DMs notes, with our very temporarily named audio DMs Incredibly notes, temporary. Yes. Um, I figure we could at least talk through the encounter and what we were doing. With the Coatl? And some of the decisions we made. Yeah. With the Coatl and basically going forward into season two, we'll try them out this way, like as we can kind of listen back and hear the edits and see what we basically is there anything we did different we would do differently or choices we made along the way you see where i'm coming yeah. from here oh i've got one big change i would have made yeah i can't have written this stuff ahead of time because legitimately so this is this is fun tidbit number one for behind the scenes i was terrified walking into this episode yeah it was a it was a tougher one agreed because we have the twofold thing of like the quaddle was one of the uh, sort of more culturally sensitive episodes, we had to kind of take a beat and think about how we were going to do this, especially because one of the only places I've ever seen a koala use is chult, a hotbed for doing things poorly. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. So I was, a little, I was a little concerned about it going in. Factor into that the fact that, like, we've had a lot of really brilliant writers on the show and then there's just a weird bonus sort of gravitas carlos pulls from being like real star trek tv writer where i'm like totally. I, I now have to tell this motherfucker a story yeah yes and we're going to talk about how to structure a plot carlos and carlos like yeah, yeah. okay yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah but there have been lovely, plenty of lovely individual in that. perfectly yeah. kind enough carlos was fucking phenomenal amazing and came in with a real firm eye, with a real firm understanding, definitely did his homework. Like some guests do their homework. We don't ask them to, but you always know which ones do. And Carlos definitely did. No, it's it's part of, it's a small part. The larger part is obviously just general cultural sensitivity, but it's part of why we make sure that like, if we're going to talk about a cultural monster, 
we cast appropriately. Right. Because we don't want our guests to have to fucking go out and read a Wikipedia article. Right. Like, come in and talk about the monsters you like. <laughs> and even though we did cast appropriately, we yes. also, for this one, went the extra step and found a real cultural expert. Like, you're not going to get more of an expert on this than a, than a, than a classical Maya archaeologist. A, a Latino classical Maya. There is a lot of classical exactly. Maya archaeologists that Fair. are, like, still a little... Yeah. Totally fair. Absolutely fair. But the fact that we found one with, you know, both a personal, a cultural heritage and a professional a cultural tie to it, I think really helped make the episode. I wasn't sure how that was going to work out when I first did it, but I had models, mainly uh, Radio Lab 99% in uh, yeah, Oh, I invisible. could hear it in the fucking ringtone thing you picked. Like that was <laughs> totally. such a... It was a complete. I heard it yeah. and I was like, oh man, I wonder what fucking Radio Lab show Aram is giving a hand job to right now. 100%. But it is a really good way to trick because like it was, it worked. So when we first did this, when we first put the show on, I didn't have a middle break ad. I just had a transition scene from the talk part to the AP. I also had to fight you on that for a couple because you, yep, you kept you forgetting did. to do it. And we would just go from like a sentence would end and then I'd start narration. Yeah. Well, I'd have like a little audio transition. There'd be like an ocean or something. Hey, Will, if you're at the right Patreon level to hear this. Thank you for letting me know when I had to yell it or ROM. Yeah, 100%. No, it did help. Plus, building in the middle ad break helps when when, when we break it out really the show does. for future things, right? I wanted a transition point, but, but, but not a second firm one, because we couldn't have a firm transition point, then have a firm transition point. It would yeah. feel clumsy. I needed an elegant way to transition us from that to that. And maybe the first time, it, it, it might be a little confusing, but people will go, oh. And then every time they hear it afterwards, they'll know exactly what we've done. I, I think it worked out really well. And Alejandro was fucking phenomenal. Lovely like, person. Yeah. 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 Just a great dude with, with a lot of, and, and so excited to share what he knows. Let's talk about the adventure a little bit. Cause basically what we came in with was, uh, we came in with basically the only area where I can think of to put this as chult, but I'm not entirely happy to do that. And I kept coming back. We never back. said it was Chult. We, we never said it was. It is. Oh, it is? We, the, we actually the big, said that? The big door that would unleash yeah. Dendar the Night Serpent that's oh, in that the uh, right. Valley yeah. of Ash or Valley of Cinders or whatever. we never said it was Dendar. Oh, we did say it was the we Night did. Serpent. Okay, I fine, also fine, said, fine, uh, yeah. I also said the Valley of whichever yeah, fire right. detritus it is, Cinder or Ash, right. I can't remember. Those are actual real things. Embers. Yeah. It was Valley Embers. Shit. Nope, nope, fair. Okay, those things actually exist. Well, actually exist, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, that was that was the thing is I came into that going like, hey, listen, Carlos, here's here's what I'm here's what I have. There is a big, scary door in the middle of Chult, and it makes sense to have someone sort of guarding it. Right. Or 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 at least acting as a tour guide. He took that in such an interesting direction. The idea of having the Owlin be someone who guides people to it specifically to let them make a choice is such like a interesting, like good God move to be like, no, 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 no. Free will is important. It's important for me to take you to this place where you could make an, a literally fucking apocalyptic decision. Right. But I trust you to make the right one. Yeah. Because if you didn't, if you play that differently, like that could be framed as a very sort of healing experience to realize that like, yeah, this thing has the power to wipe the slate clean and take away this horrible thing that happened to you. But, but it would destroy everything. You need to recognize that loss is loss and, you know, all that shit. Like, 
it it's a very interesting story. The god had like the high end, like you know, like like the real high high minded plan, right? Where the god's mm-hmm. like, well, we'll let them choose, and it will prove that goodness is brought into the world. And all of his angels were like, oh yeah, absolutely, God, absolutely. Make sure there's a fucking quaddle down there. <laughs> like they wanted to, like they knew they knew how people were going to be. Like, okay, God, what a great idea. Yeah, we really believe in it. Put a fucking quaddle down there. Make sure every person has an escort. It also plays into that into that whole little frame, right? Because like one of the things they put in Chult is specifically old gods, occasionally dead gods, murdered gods. Like there are a lot of sort of, for lack of a better word, defunct gods in Chult as it was written. And Dendar specifically is, I think, technically a primordial. Like it is an old thing, older than the gods, powerful enough that nothing can really kill her. She just sits there and consumes nightmares. For the record, that is also like, that's part of why it came to mind for me is I knew that door was in there from reading up for like another campaign I was running. And Dendar's whole shit is the night serpent feeds on nightmares. And if you have a nightmare that you suddenly wake up from and then you can't remember, that's Dendar. That is the one place where I think we should have. So I think everything went great. Right. If we're talking about the adventure part, I think we missed a big opportunity, a huge opportunity. When I got bit and put to sleep and we were both in the dream space, that's when the serpent should have reached out and struck while we were both in the dream space and then could fight it together while we were dreaming. That's cool. But at that point in the adventure, the reason you were asleep, the reason you got attacked was because you had decided already to side with the Night Serpent. You were trying to open a door to the plane where death lives. Right. That's part of the whole Forgotten Realms shtick, is Dendar is sleeping like right outside of the city of the dead. The worst thing the Kawadal would want is a passage in, right? And out of desperation, it puts you to sleep, but doesn't anticipate that that's also a path in. That is true. But you've already picked the Night Serpent side, right? Like at this point, Carlos's story, the way that it's running. And I'm not running for you. You're fucking. No, I get you. I get you. But that's why my character switches sides, because then they see the Night Serpent for what it is in the nightmare. My concern with that is that heel turn or face, sorry, face turn. uh, That face turn is not something I can necessarily assume is going to happen. And at that point, I'm sending like, I think like a challenge five monster. And I think you were like level seven or eight. Right. right. Up against something the more powerful serpent. than a god. And like, I can fluff my way around that. But it could like, have been like a aspect of it because we were in the dream world, not the real sure. world. Like, now I have to piece that. together the stats. And now the focal point of the adventure is the night serpent. Yes. Agreed. Look, for what the story was, it was perfect. It was a it was a story of choice and inevitable loss. Like he was going to lose something that day, no matter what. It ended up being himself, right? If I was making this into a D and D module, yes, I would re I, I would rewrite That's it to battle with the night true. serpent. But yeah. this is again one of those things that I've. It's part of why these notes got increasingly difficult. Is because at the end of the day. I'm not writing an adventure. I'm not writing a module. I'm barely writing like a full story. I'm writing something to feature that monster. 
And you're right. If I were doing something larger and trying to build out an overarching thing, especially because like since you were at like, like I said, something around like level five, I would replace you with a level five party. Right. Having that be a beat early in the campaign where they get exposed to like, no, 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 no. This is what Dendar is. That would be phenomenal. But then it's going to lead into a campaign that is specifically about Dendar. And it wasn't. It was about Carlos. It was about the Quaddle. I'm already looking at the monsters now as players because we've been using them as players, kind of. And so now I'm thinking of them as a party, but that's not what we should be doing. We have to still focus on them as the monster. Trying to thread that needle between, like, we're making a show that has to be fun for everybody, and we have to feel like we're featuring the monster, and then trying to write these DMs notes in a way that is going to be useful to someone writing a regular campaign starts to get really hard it doesn't work really because it, we're we are you're, you're basically trying to repurpose what we did for that cause like if you were a, if you're really dming here's what you take this i this idea then repurpose it we should save that for when, when we write the book you're doing too much work for when we should just be saving it for the book you're right but that's also a thing that i think functions a little nicer in these conversations because i am always running like that and I know it's something that I've had to fight you on. You are always running an adventure, right? I've tied all these characters yeah. into the world I know. together. And yeah. you're wrong. There no, is not I'm an not. overarching world. Right. There is an overarching nope, world. There I've are... already proven there is. We haven't nope. recorded. You can't stop there are me. intersections and not all of them interconnect. And some of them are just random bullshit. All of them somehow interconnect. Every single one of them has at least one connection, and I can prove them to you because I've been making them. I know, and I've been ignoring you. Because <laughs> at the end of the day... right. No, it does, because I'm the DM. <laughs> we just discussed how you're not. We just literally said you weren't. No, I said I wasn't running like a standard adventure. I wasn't running this like a normal DM. I am still very much the DM, and you are at best a puppet. <laughs> We're, we're going to try these out for this season. And, you know, folks who are getting these, tell me if you like them. Because at the end of the day, like our whole, you're throwing money at us. You're helping us out in a fairly major way. I want to make sure you feel like you're getting something for helping out. Absolutely. If you like the notes better, I'll figure something out, guys. He won't. So this is what you're stuck with. But if you really, really need it, please yeah, tell us. Seriously. Uh, but yeah, no, that I think that's a fair point. If you're running this as an adventure, the dream thing is good. Bring in Dendar that way. But otherwise, like I said, that one just played out so organically that it was just like this person is looking for a way to get the dead back. And the fastest way to get to the dead in Chult is there is literally a door that will let the apocalypse loose, but also opens to the place where the recently dead are. One thing I loved about that so much is that is that Carlos kept having his owl and going, well, are you sure? Like, what do you hear? And I listened and I was like, well, I hear death and and magic. And that's exactly what I expect to hear because yeah. they're going to revive my people. Yeah, and he's like, no. oh, shit, no, 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 no. That's not what I want you to <laughs> oh, no, hear. That was very pointedly what I was going for is like my goal was getting you to make the bad decision. And I know yep. that you're like on side for all of this. So right. I knew you were going to. Right. But you want to give me real reasons right. to latch on to. Yeah. 
I mean, yes. Am I a simple creature that can be, you know, guided by a flame? But isn't it nice to know yeah. <laughs> that you can just light the lighter and have me come? And I'm right just there like, to give you whatever shiny. story you want. Exactly. Like, right on cue. <laughs> no, that's, you know, I, I make fun of you a lot because it's easy because you're a mess of a person. But yeah. I do need to give you credit. Like, we're playing this off like it's you being a dope you are making those conscious decisions. I know you're seeing what I'm putting in front of you and running with me. So like. When I'm dumb, I'm usually dumb for story. Usually. Sometimes I'm just yeah. dumb. But a lot of times I'm like, I'm choosing to be dumb for story. There have been times where I've been like trying to lay the tracks down in front of you and you've been like, oh man, I should be careful. I'm going to trip over that. There's also been times like early on when I was nervous and like a little bit distracted where things would happen and I would just be completely oblivious to it. I've gotten better. The episodes that are out are not in release order or not in recording order. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple where right. like I can hear that I was newer to this. Totally. Making the adjustment totally. to running for a podcast and specifically running for like two people. Hell, yeah. even the Banshee, like Orla was a magnificent guest. I did not do like the legwork I should have, or let me rephrase that. I didn't build out that encounter in a way that I'm happy with. Like I look back on it and it feels it very like, yeah, yeah, it's there's some guys in the woods, they're angry, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. Even, yeah. even that setup, like knowing what I know now being a better DM, like, because I said, writing for entertainment, of a listener rather than entertainment of a player. You were you wrote a D&D &D scene. Yeah. You wrote an encounter. I yeah. wrote an encounter that's going to happen at hour two of the game that you signed up for at Gen Con. You even made sure there were some extra woodsmen so, the, so there was a party. Yeah. And now I look back on it and I'm like, ah, fuck me. When we first did this show, we expected mm -hmm. it to be a lot more killy, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was going to be a lot more murdery. So we needed... Fucking Diana. God damn it, Dylan. It's hard to say Dylan because we think we're talking about you. But yeah, super no, Dylan. Better Dylan. Right? By far the most difficult part of the uh, of the newlywed game that we did. And that includes having to see the choices you made over the course of that game. I made some really choice yeah. choices. <laughs> oh, I was so happy that game. I know. It was it a was lot of fun. Best. But also, also I carried that just. Game. Also, and the only thing that mattered, the only thing that mattered to me that entire one was that when they were like, if Aram got lost in the woods, what would he leave behind him to follow you like bread, like, like bread crumbs? And you went, weed. It's like, yeah, weed. <laughs> I was so happy for us. I know you were. I know you were. <laughs> we just hit a point in the middle where you were trying to play into the bit, but I was trying to play into the bit and that like yeah. intersected in a bad way. But anyway, it did. It was a, it was a little off, but it we're was, talking it was about our show now. Yeah, exactly. It's about our show now. Not yours, Dylan. Yeah. Other Dylan. God, trying to muscle your way in here. <laughs> Big, powerful oh, second, man. Please. The second that, that like either of us could be replaced by Dylan, the show would yeah. get better. <laughs> Drop of a hat. <laughs> Drop of a shitty toque. Moral of the story, Coatl Adventure was fun. Carlos was magnificent. And uh, Dendar the Night Serpent is basically the only good thing in Chult. Yep, agreed, 100%. Well, no, you know what? You know what? One of the things I liked about Chult was how careful they were to describe the buildings as colorful, as like 
in a warmer climate, there's naturally more color and there's more like, you know, outdoor mm -hmm. treatments and decorations. I liked all that part. Like there That's were right. some parts in that Chult book I liked. The yes. rest of it is pretty much hot fucking garbage. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. That's all. A little bit of a little bit of praise and a lot of hate. What you've come to know from Kill Every Monster. Thank you for listening, audience. Love you guys. For more information about us, notes for each episode, and ways you can help support the show, head over to killeverymonster.com. If any of the ideas we've discussed on the show have sparked some of your own, tell us about it on Twitter at KEM Podcast. You'll find me at DJ Malenfont and Aram at Aram Vardian. For ad-free episodes, early releases, bonus episodes, print-ready maps, Dylan's DM notes, and my character sheets from each encounter, head over to patreon.com slash killeverymonster. You can also listen to ad-free episodes and bonus content by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts. Our theme intro and many of the sound effects you hear in the show were created by BattleBards. Check them out at BattleBards.com. This episode was produced by Aram Vartian and Dylan Malenfant. I also did the editing. And we'll see you next time for Kill, Kill Every Monster. The ancient mountainous deserts to the south of Faerun are the places where mortals first raised great temples and unlocked powerful secrets. A kingdom once fractured by infighting has been united under the iron claw of the red dragon, Chazar. The Great Lizard's quest for immortality has become an all-consuming obsession. His need for worshippers has set him on a path against the old gods of these lands, and they will not go quietly. An unlikely cabal of deities has banded together to undermine Jazar and ensure that their temples remain protected and active. They've traced tendrils of fate to preferred timelines, then selected five mortals who had the best chance of bringing those futures to fruition. You will take on the role of one of these chosen in Death to the Dragon King. Find out more about this Start Playing Games campaign and all of my other available games at aram.gay.